Welcome to Tormenting Tarmac. On this podcast, we aim to take you on a journey of storytelling, getting to know enthusiasts from different communities and with different automotive backgrounds. It's about fellowship, showing the automotive world it doesn't matter what you love about cars and driving, what matters is that you love cars and driving. We also want to have conversations with you, the listener, about what your automotive passions are. What are the things about the automotive space that bring you the most joy? Talk about your love and our love for all motorsports and continue to learn things from all the different sections of it. We want everyone to be able to learn from one another. And this is a podcast for every level of driver and every level of enthusiast. So on behalf of my co-host, Ron Morris, my name is Jorge Aquino, and we welcome you to Tormenting Tarmac, where the enthusiast never dies. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. This is another episode of Tormenting Tarmac, where enthusiasts never die. And in fact, today is a special episode. This is the one-year anniversary of Jorge, my uh, co-host, and myself, Ron Morris, um, hosting Tormenting Tarmac. In today's episode, uh, we are going to cover where I'm at with the C4 Corvette. Uh, We are going to cover... Champ car in my most recent race there. Um, we're going to cover, recap the IndyCar season. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff there at the very end. Uh, we're going to dabble in some F1 uh, kind of this or that type controversy. Uh, and should be an exciting night. What you got going on, Jorge? What's up, my brother? Uh, happy one year to TT, man. We yeah. got to love it. So proud of us, man. Uh, knocked out what will tonight be episode 18 and then i i knocked out episode 19 earlier this week so that's going to be coming nice. after this um yeah. within a week's time from probably when this drops so busy be um on the recording and uh and i, I think and i think whatnot. we said we were going to try and do one to two episodes a month and 18 or 19 I, episodes in 12 months that's about that's one not to two bad episodes at all a month. so that's yeah. not bad at all dude yeah. I'm, i mean we recorded from when we started last september we ended up by the time that we got to our formula one review show we had already recorded about four episodes yeah and then when we dropped them in january we, were, we, re, we re released the f1 review and our very first episode simultaneously and we still had four episodes on lock ready to be released we were just doing final edits on them. And then from there on out, like we've basically done, I probably say we've released, we said we were going to release one a month. We've definitely gotten months that we've released three at a time, three, uh, three in one month, I should say. Um, So I would say that we've absolutely not just outpaced ourselves, but we've been able to go ahead and hit a quality and quantity mark. That's something to be proud of. And uh, I'm just really proud of the the work that we've put in and uh, I can't wait to keep going. And to all the people that have uh, come to support us, which there's a few out there and people who have become our friends, uh, we thank you and we appreciate you guys. It's been an absolute blast and just an absolute pleasure 
to get a chance to go ahead and get to know brand new enthusiasts um, from either here in Phoenix. Um, and of course, shout out to Dylan, who's our one of our you know Michigan counterparts up there. It's uh it's been great, man. I'm I'm just I'm blessed and uh it's been a really fun ride and I've it's been everything I wanted to be in more. So let's keep going. Right back at you, man. When you uh, asked me to do a podcast, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to do that. And it's been fun for sure. We've, we've covered a, a pretty wide variety of topics. And some of them I'm like super interested, obviously, because they're ones that I want to talk about. And some of them like, eh, I don't know if I'd be interested. And then we do it anyway. And I'm like, oh, wow, that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. So um, I like the variety and we'll keep it coming. And anybody listening on the line, feel free to drop a comment if uh, you've got anything you want us to talk about in a future episode. For sure. Or if you're interested on coming on the TT, please go ahead and give us a holler as well. A holler as well. You can go ahead and find us on Instagram at Tormenting Tarmac. You can find Ron at hounds.and.horsepower. You can go ahead and find my personal one at the one and only JMAN19. We're available all over the place. Just give us a holler if you're interested in giving us good ideas or if you feel like you bring something really great and special to the car, to the car culture community. Hey, we're always happy to have people on, um, whether it's Indeed. photography, racing, um, your own shop, um, you know, anything yeah. that you do within car culture exactly. or car community, it's the, we'll, we're happy to have you if, uh, so just give us a holler. Exactly. Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's get right into it. Um, let's, uh, what do you think, Jorge? Let's jump into the IndyCar topic first. Let's do, let's do IndyCar, man. The just, season just ended as of recording, what, five days ago? Uh, yep. Last Sunday at Laguna Seca, which is a bucket list track for me. That's an amazing track up by San Francisco in the Bay area. Yep. Monterey. Famous, famous uh, for the corkscrew corner, which is a corner that uh, it's like a left, right chicane, but the chicane itself drops something like 11 stories, something freaking ridiculous. It's like driving over a cliff, but it's yes. a racetrack. It's a very steep incline, a decline, I should say. Yes. Yep. It's, yep. it's bad shit. It's best yeah. I can put it. <laughs> Yeah, so one of the cool things about uh, IndyCar, um, if you're trying to broaden your racing horizons, is it's an extremely competitive um, series. Um, obviously, you know, we like F1 and F1 is awesome, but the reality is at this point, Verstappen's locked up the championship. We all know he's almost certainly going to win. He has won, what, five races straight. You never know. Things can happen, but it's Right now, you watch the race and you are assuming Max yeah. is going to win, right? Right. He's on pace to actually break Seb and Shumi's record yeah, of most exactly. races in a most wins in a season, exactly. um, which is actually kind of shocking because I would have thought that Lewis would have had that locked up. Yeah, but yeah. what is really interesting about Lewis is he might not have the record, but he does have a consistent of like he's won like eleven races on for like four different occasions sure which is unreal in and of itself considering he's basically won more than 50 percent of the races in a season on more more than two occasions and you know max is about to go ahead and perhaps eclipse shumi and sebastian vettel i think the wreck what's the record ron like 15 wins that sounds right right and he's got 11 right now yeah yeah, it's, I don't know what he has, yeah. but yeah, he's he's uh, dominating, dominating. Yeah. 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 So so point being, IndyCar is basically the opposite of that. Um, I I should have looked up how many winners they've had. Um, but it's been nuts. And so, 
you really don't know who's going to win necessarily. Like, yes, there is a handful of really good drivers who are likely to win, but right. um, among them, you know, 10 or so drivers, roughly half the field, like it's anybody's race. And so going into the last championship race, there was four or five drivers who still could have won the champion mm-hmm. mathematically in it. But the reality is there was three drivers who could have won it. Uh, Will Power, Joseph Newgarden, um, and Marcus Erickson. And uh, no, what, no, yeah. it wasn't Erickson. Was it Erickson? Uh, yeah, it was. Okay, cool. Yes. So Will he was Power, a little bit further behind Newgarden, so that's why I was. Yeah, like, I think New, ah, no, I think Newgarden and Erickson were tied for second, if I remember. Oh, right. were they? Oh my god, that's I think crazy. So. Anyway, so here's a here's a crazy statistic that I read that I think you may have sent it to me, or I may have sent it to you. I'm not sure, but. This was the 17th consecutive season in IndyCar that the champion was set to be determined the very last race of the season. Yes, yes. I How read awesome that. that. I was blown away because we yes. were making this huge deal last year in F1 about, you know, Max and Lewis literally going down to the wire, which by the way, they literally went down to the wire last year. We know that. Oh, yeah. We know how that all went down. Yeah. Um, but to know that it's happened 17 yeah. consecutive yeah. times in IndyCar – it almost feels like and I don't, if you're yeah, an IndyCar fan, you want it to be like somebody just dominate once, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't want to just like constantly be sounding like I'm, you know, digging on F1 because I obviously watch most of the F1 races like a two, but that's, I'm, I feel like I've just been like screaming this whole time. Like IndyCar is really freaking good. It is yeah. amazing to watch like, and people are like, oh, wow, it's 17 seasons in a row where F1 has been decided, or sorry, where IndyCar champion has been decided in the last race. And it's like, ah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I've been trying to say it. Like, ah. So, so my, my brother-in-law, who became an F1 fan um, two years ago, he was the product of, you know, Drive to Survive, really yes. bringing him in, yep. which, again, yep. I can't stress enough, as sometimes it might piss me off, it is still – a fantastic product and it's the thing that has made f1 explode on the american side yes, but it has been phenomenal for motorsports and- it has and the good thing that i was going to mention is it did what i was hoping it would do for someone and my brother-in-law was was watching not not laguna seca but uh portland 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 was yes. the second to last race of the yes. season he yes. was paying attention to portland and what and asking me all kinds of questions and truly invested and actually like Yes. Like Man, that makes me happy. Me. Yeah, it makes me happy too. He was like, Who's your guy? And I was like, he and he was like, Is it Pato? And I was like, Well, yeah, I'm a Pato guy. But at the same time, like New Garden's a G. Herda is a G. We talked about Herda yes. a couple of episodes yes. ago, obviously. Yes. Palo is a G. Yes. Um, which oh my God, are we gonna talk about Palo later tonight? I think we yes. should. Oh, we yeah. Major, major updates. That is part of this. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then Marcus Erickson. If you're an F1 fan, you know that Marcus Erickson was Charles Charles Leclerc's teammate for uh, one season when they were together at Sauber um, before it became Alfa Romeo again. Um, so like, there's all these people that you can really get pulled towards and yes. get invested in. And and if you're a NASCAR fan, you know, freaking Jimmy Johnson's still doing his thing. Yeah. Well, he was doing his thing this season. Oh, again, by the way, we haven't even mentioned Roman Grosjean. Yep who like was slaying it for a while. And I, yes. I don't think he cracked the top 10 at the end of the season, but I mean, there's how many drivers are there? The thing we talked about is like 40 drivers. in IndyCar, No, it's closer to 30, but 30. Okay. 20, still 30. 28 drivers or so, but yeah. I mean, it's still a bunch. And yes. for you to, to barely, 
just been outside of the top 10 because I think that's where Grosjean was. That's not bad. That's yeah. really not bad. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so anyway, so going into this last race in Laguna, man, it could have been anybody's, mm-hmm. anybody could have the championship. We didn't know. Um, willpower started put it on pole if i remember correctly and new gardens spun out and qualifying and had to start last he pulled the chase and, elliott man my god yeah exactly man he yeah so so for that reference chase elliott uh, when he won his championship two years ago 2020 yeah. started in last in the last race of the season at phoenix and drove through the field and won the race and won the championship it was nuts so jorge brought that up that point to me i was like well maybe new garden is going to do that um and man he got close he got um, close what, what what did he finish in second yeah he finished second yeah he drove and he almost all the way through the field and he was freaking on a mission and so um everybody did a three-stop strategy if i remember correctly and newgarden did a four-stop four-stop strategy um and so in indycar kind of like f1 slightly different you have to run there's two tire compounds, a, a primary and alternate. So black and red, mm-hmm. usually the red tire is faster, but it wears out quicker. Um, and the black tire is a little slower, but it, it um, lasts longer. And so there's the a red tire is point. the, is a soft tire essentially in F1. Essentially. Yeah. And yeah. so there's a crossover point where the red tire is faster, faster, faster. And then you've been on too long. And now it is now slower than the black tire on the equivalent amount of laps. Right. Right. And what a lot of people did was either, two reds and a black or two blacks and a red or something like that. Uh, and what would you have done, Ron? I'm curious. What would you have? Well, done? seeing it, it all depends on your car, but seeing what new garden sure. did new garden, I think did a red, black, red. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was stupid fast on the reds. Uh, and so he did an extra pit stop towards the end of the race with like 10 laps left. Cause he wasn't going to make it on fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and he put blacks on, and in my opinion, with the benefit of hindsight, he should have stayed on reds, should have put a new set of reds on, which they had. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would have, so black, red, red, instead of black, red, black? Or, or red, I would black. have done black. Well, if I was New Garden doing the extra stop, I would have done red, black, red, red. And oh, okay, gotcha. Red, black, red, black. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. Because he was, before he pitted, he was on reds. Mm-hmm. So what ultimately what happened is Polo got to the lead and we'll cover that. And so Newgarden drove through the field and drove past his teammate, Will Power, who started on pole, which was nuts. Cause at one point Newgarden was like 50 seconds behind, right? Cause he was started in last. And yeah, so he was just freaking on it, man. You could tell he was like driving pissed off, just like driving through the field. I mean, and- I posted this up on our Instagram page um, on the stories on Sunday and it was uh, maybe like six laps from the end or something. It was really close. And New Garden, how do I put this? With the pass of his life. Yes. That pass on the corkscrew. Yes. And I'm pretty sure he passed Will. It was Will yes, Power. His teammate, on the Will corkscrew. Power. The At one point, I the guy who's like, trying to take the title from the him. championship right there. It didn't yeah. quite end up like that, but man, he just. Well, I, Sailed it into the corkscrew. And like when you watch him like on the brakes going into the corkscrew, like there's no way he's gonna like make the corner. And he is like sideways down it. Like he makes it stick. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I put up on the Instagram page, I said, like, he this guy's driving like he wants to like he's refusing yes. to let go of whatever grip yes. he's got on that trophy. Yes. That's that's yes. Uh, uh, unbelievable. Yes. Like yeah. 
there's balls and then there's balls. Yes. <laughs> this guy, cojones the size of my head. It's <laughs> the best yeah. way to do it, dude. I'm I sorry. mean, it was like millimeter perfect. It really was. Like, I'm not yeah. even joking. Uh, and then, so when he pitted at the very last stop, I want to say he was eight seconds behind Polo and he was catching on the Reds. And I don't know, I, I would love to know why they put him or he put or whatever. He, I, I would love to know why he ended up on blacks, but uh, in my opinion, if he, and so, yeah, my opinion, he should have stayed on reds, but switching to the blacks at the end of the race, he still wasn't second, but Polo had pulled out a 30 second gap to win, which like absolute dominating wins like that in IndyCar almost never happened. So That's credit to Polo for sure. But two things, it makes me wonder like, damn, what would have happened if New Garden put reds on? And also, what would have happened if New Garden didn't have to start in the back of the field? Um, right. Either way, Will Power finishes third, brings home the championship, which is well deserved for him. I mean, he's insanely good. He, you know, won a few races this year, and he's well, often regarded as the fastest. He's almost kind of like the Kimmy of IndyCar in the sense that he's like the fastest single lap guy. Like, like sure. Kimmy obviously was really good in races too, but Kimmy was famous for like just being stupid good on one lap and qualifying. Oh yeah, if I'm and not mistaken, Will Power was like that too. Yeah. So Kimmy, it's interesting that you hit the Kimmy comparison there because if I'm not mistaken, um, back in 2018, and I remember this very vividly because that's really when I started watching F1, like really in, invested in it. And it was also Kimmy's last year at Ferrari before he moved over to Alfa Romeo. And it was, they were in, Imo, in Monza, excuse me. And it's a record that I think still holds up to this day, unless Lewis blasted it out of the freaking water in 2020. But Kimi Raikkonen held the fastest lap at Monza ever. And it was like a... Oh, yeah, I don't remember, ins- but I would believe it. Was it. Insane. Yeah, it was something stupid. Um, and it, Like 243 miles an hour or something crazy like it that. It was ridiculous. Which is nuts in F1. And, and people need to understand that it's a really big deal to do that at Monza because Monza is easily the fastest track in all of F1. Yes. Like the, the speeds that you're hitting on those straights is unreal. Yes. Um, it, I mean, the only place that you'll probably hit faster anywhere on the planet might be in Indy. Might be. Yes. Yeah. Indianapolis so, is faster, but that's it. Yeah. Because you get, you could actually eclipse 245 at Indianapolis. You yeah. won't do it in on in Monza, but that's my point. So for 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 the comparison to be of Will Power and Kimi Raikkonen, I think that's absolutely valid. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So so Will Power wins the championship. That's cool. Um, it was an incredibly exciting race the entire time. You don't know how it's gonna work out because everybody has on different strategies. This guy's on blacks. That guy's on reds. This guy's in the two stop. That guy's in the three stop. That guy's New Guards with a four stop or whatever nuts mm-hmm. it was. And like Pelo was up towards the front but it wasn't until like the very end that all of a sudden he was in the front which so whatever strategy that was they you know kind of hedged their bets and were patient and it worked out mm-hmm. um and so to your point though you hinted at below uh so he's been in this controversy the last i don't know third of the season where his current team cgr chip canassi racing announced he was coming back and then he responded on Twitter and said, that's not true. I'm not coming back. And actually you quoted me something I never said, which I was like, what drama. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, then he tweeted that he's going to McLaren next year. Um, so all in like, he still has to race the rest of the season with CGR. Um, and then we find out like, I don't know, two ish weeks ago that 
I think CGR was suing him. So his team was suing him while he was racing for them. I mean, imagine okay, so an awkward. If, if you look, if you actually go back and listen to episode 15 of TT, we covered yes. it really deeply. It yes. was me, you, yes. and shout out to Rochelle for hanging out with us yes. that night. Yeah, she had um, some good input there. She did have some great input. And for those who are curious, I'm going to address this now. Uh, she did not die mid-episode. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be very clear right now. Ron did not randomly kill his wife in the middle of the podcast. No, she if anything, the opposite is going to happen someday. Exactly. But... <laughs> That's very true. I know how you feel. She had to go ahead and attend uh, one of their lovely children, and so she had to leave mid-pod and didn't get a chance to come back. But we do appreciate Rochelle. She was actually going to hopefully try and hang out with us tonight, but it looks like she wasn't able to make it. But we do miss her. Hopefully she's back on another time. But she had a great input. And so if you listen back to episode 15, um, we talked about Alex Pillow and Chip Ganassi, and it was during that time that we found out that Chip Ganassi had sued him. So that was about like yes. maybe about four or five weeks. Yeah, that sounds four right. Or five yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Yep. But yep. then, time of recording now today is uh, September the seventeenth, sixteenth. 16th, excuse me, man, my dates are crazy. I'm sorry. Today's September the sixteenth. By the way, Happy Hispanic Heritage Month, baby. You know how it is. Um, I think three days ago, four days ago, you sent me that Chip Ganassi re-signed Alex Pillow. Well, officially. no, so that, yes, yes. So basically, so so Pillow wins the race. And then, like, it was so freaking awkward. Chip Ganassi's, like, standing behind him as he gets out of the car. And normally, like, there's all this celebration and everything. And you can see they just kind of, like, look at each other. And it's awkward. And they're standing there. And the NBC reporter walks up. And, like, I don't even know if he said anything about the win. And, like, one of the first questions out of his mouth was, so who are you racing for next year? <laughs> and below is just like, uh, yeah, it was a good day. We won and the great job team and this, that, whatever, like super generic canned response. Like, man, yeah. even through the TV, you could like cut the awkwardness in the air, you know, with a butter knife. Like it was just so awkward. And then, yeah, like three or four days later, boom, it's announced Pelot's staying with CGR and not racing with McLaren next year. Oh my God! Which, by the way, we'll, we're going to bring up McLaren later to, later tonight. We I've got some thoughts on McLaren, and they have hissed me off in yeah. ways that I never thought well, possible. Well, I was going to say so that that kind of wraps up IndyCar, but yeah. it was freaking nuts. So, um, well, congratulations to Will Power, like excellent yeah, exactly. season. Exactly, um, congrats to there, Will Power. Well, and remind me, season. Ronald. Yeah, uh, Joseph Newgarden. What season? Because he's because he's a young kid too, right? Like, what season was this for him? Is this like his third or fourth? No, it's more than that. This is maybe more, a sixth okay. season or so. Okay. He's got two championships. Oh, that's right. Because so... he didn't he win it? Who Joseph? Gern, oh my God, you're right. I feel like he actually won in 2020. Yes, I believe that's correct. Newgarden won in 2020. Palo won last year. Pow, yes. You're right. I think that's, that dude. No, Dixon won in 2020. I think I think Newgarden won in 2019. Okay. I think he won in 2017, 2019. So, yeah, yeah so New, New Garden was a young talent. He tried making it through uh, Europe. He won the Formula Ford Festival at Brands Hatch, which I think okay. he's still the only American to have ever done that. And then he made it into GP or sorry, F3 now and basically ran out of money. He didn't, wasn't, couldn't afford a good team. And so then he came back stateside, did Indy Lights. Mm -hmm. Then he raced two or three seasons and a lower team, the team that is now at Carpenter Racing an IndyCar and then got picked up by Penske. And then as soon as he was in a Penske car, boom, it was success. Right? Over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Newgarden is one of those guys that I wish could have had a shot in F1. At this point, it's too late. Mm. It's not going to happen, but I wish he could have had a good ride coming out of that formula Ford win and going into F3, but 
I mean, the guy's a genuine beast. He really is. Um, it just, I mean, Polo is obviously a beast. He won that yes. last. I mean, IndyCar, the IndyCar champ. field, honestly, the top probably twelve guys, it is stacked. It is. It's, it's it some is of all the best. Who mm-hmm. legitimately should have had a shot in F1. Some of them did. There's Grosjean and Erickson, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Alex Rossi, but um, yeah, a lot of. And them. then you throw in, you know, former Na- you know, a former um, NASCAR champ jimmy johnson in there jimmy even johnson, though he's not at the right? top of the field but he's yeah. still in the field well so that's what's been interesting is is okay so jimmy johnson's first season was last season and honestly mm-hmm. he kind of sucked I, there's no other way to say it he kind of he's also he's learning the car he's like he's deep in his 40s though yeah exactly this real. year he definitely was improving for mm-hmm. sure um still wasn't anything amazing on road courses but he was not like finishing two laps down like he was finishing on the lead lap a few times and things like that but uh, something clicked because on all of the ovals this year he was ridiculously good um, I think it was Iowa. He had nearly won it and something went wrong or something mm-hmm. happened, but man, he was kind of like new garden in this last race. He was man on fire, just like freaking crushing it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, those... and that's, that's something, you know, we'll have to cover it in our, in our motorsports preview episode next year, but sure. <clears throat> as of right now, he has said he's going to do IndyCar in some level next year, but he hasn't decided if he's doing a full season if he's going to do a partial season or just ovals or do other racing, I think he's made it clear he wants to do some more sports car stuff too, like Lamar or something. So we'll see. on him. Listen, yeah. Jimmy Johnson is one of those guys that can absolutely do whatever he wants. Like dude is set and not just, not just money, like money. Like he's definitely set, right? Like, you know, Hendricks paid him a butt, a buttload of money. And well-deserved obviously. I mean, he is a seven, is he, yeah, seven time, seven time. Yep. Uh, Yep. Sprint Cup. Are we? Is, are we still calling it the Sprint Cup? I'm trying. No, it's not a Sprint oh, Cup. It's the um, everybody's uh, calls it the Cup Series now. It is the Cup Series. Yes, it's not Monster the Xfinity. Energy series. Cup? I don't remember. Yeah, the Xfinity remember. Series is the one right below that. My yeah, point is, right. he's a seven-time Cup champion. He's one of the most successful stock car racers ever. Yes. Like in in the modern era, he's undisputed. The modern era, he is the most successful nascar champion ever Correct. uh more so than than the king more so than dale Earnhardt jr more so than jeff gordon um like guys a g um so he can do whatever he wants if he wants to go ahead and race however many races he wants next year in indycar god bless him and everybody's going to want to see him because we yep. all don't want him to go away quite yet yep. yeah, like and that's the thing like he's gotten to that point where we know he'll be going away soon so we're just appreciating everything yes. he wants to give us yes. So it's it's a really special time. It's he's very similar to Kimmy and to Alonzo right now. And F well, you know, Kimmy's obviously Kimmy retired, and um, he just did he he actually he had his race in NASCAR a couple of weeks back. Yeah, the walk is good. He did all right until he got wrecked going into the bus stop. Oh, of course, is, somebody wrecked Kimmy. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't on purpose, but sure. It, I think it was a restart. They were going into the bus stop at Watkins Glen, and yeah. the field got stacked up, and he just kind of was in a situation where he had nowhere to go, and I think he got rear-ended and spun into the wall, which sucked because he you. was doing he was doing good, not anything amazing, but the fact that he was like even competitive, coming out of retirement of F one, stepping into a NASCAR was freaking nuts. And that's a completely different shows. car, and he, I don't think he'd been in a competitive car in about like uh, when when was December of last year? We're in September, and it was nine months. Yeah. And nine almost eight nine months he hadn't done anything of that nature. Like, and here he is, like in the middle of the field in NASCAR against exactly. some of the best stock car drivers yep. in the world. So yep. yeah, shout out to Kimmy. But you know, we're in this, you know, with Jimmy Johnson, we're in this really special time of us um C 
seeing the dwindling of his career in the same way that we are now seeing Sebastian Vettel dwindle it down. Alonso has signed a multiple year contract with Aston Martin, but we know he's not going to be here for another five years. Alonso is probably going to be maybe three max three. And not to mention we lost him for two years. So who knows? Maybe he will. Maybe that break did obviously the break did him well, but, and then we're also seeing the dwindling, at least I believe of Lewis Hamilton. I think we're going to see Lewis Hamilton be leaving the sport in the next like five years. So seeing the guys that Ron and I grew up on in different measures of racing, uh, tug a tugs at your heartstrings B um, you know, seeing the goats of their respective uh, racing series. It's very special. And it's a very cool thing that I, if you're any type of fan, sit back, witness greatness as it starts to slowly simmer down and go away into the sunset. And that's what, that's what we should do as appreciators and fans perhaps of Jimmy Johnson, because he's truly one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah, that's, um, that's the IndyCar season. It was super exciting. Um, I, I, I mean, your stat says it all. 17 seasons in a row where the championship was decided in the last race. So, you know, I you think they'll make it 18 who, or is somebody going to dominate next year finally? <laughs> uh, we'll find out. I doubt it, but we'll see. So, right. So, point being is, you know, anybody listening, if you haven't watched IndyCar, I encourage you to give it a Get shot on it. next year. It's pretty good. Get on it. So, yeah, we'll transition. How about we'll transition into this Kimmy Alonzo? Uh, you want to do this or that right now? Okay. Yeah, cool. let's just do it. Yep. Um, let me go ahead and see if I can go ahead and find the actual uh, post. So why don't you do this? Why don't you, you know, for, for those of you who have been living under a rock, Ronald, why don't you go ahead and explain to them who exactly is Kimi Raikkonen and, and Fernando Alonso while yeah. I this up? Just in case, because you know, nobody knows who they are, right? Oh, yes. Kimi Raikkonen is the Finnish F1 driver. He drives race cars. He just drives on the track and tries to win. That's, that's my terrible Kimi, Kimi Raikkonen. That's impression. a really good, strong <laughs> Kimi impersonation, actually, brother. Uh, he is the Finnish F1 driver, uh, former F1 world champion, uh, who recently retired. Um, nice man. And had, I don't know, I'm assuming this is what you're going to pull up, Ray, but it doesn't matter. 80 gazillion F1 consecutive F1 races. Mm-hmm. Um, he was around for a very long time, was always extremely good, even when he was not in the best equipment. Um, and tended to be a fan favorite, mostly because of his ridiculous personality. Um, very cold, very simple answers. He, you could tell he hated interviews in media and just hated the F1 circus. He, Kimmy did whatever the F Kimmy wanted to do. And by the time Emphasis he was retiring, it. he was the older statesman of the sport and he can get away with it. It's kind of like when an old person like can do whatever they want in public. It's like a tenured professor. It's like a yes. tenured professor. Exactly. Yeah. Like the mad scientist professor. That's kind of like what Kimmy was like. He didn't give a crap to any of the pop and service hands. He just did what he wanted. Yes. Um, recently retired. Um, Fernando Alonso is still an F1, um, but definitely getting up there in years. Um, similar. Likewise, I think what it was Alonso finally recently passed or is about to pass Kimmy in number of races. Uh, I think he he's about to. Yes. Um, yes. So here's the statistics. So people know what we're talking about here. Um, shockingly enough, but maybe not that much of a shock. Um, they both debuted at the same time. They de- they both oh. debuted in um, the I'm, it says AUS. I'm going to go ahead and take that as the Australian Grand Prix in That's 2001. Correct. OK, yeah. so they both debuted at the Australian Grand Prix. 
Um, Kimi Raikkonen has one world championship. Alonso's got two. So Kimi won his sole one in 2007, which happened to be Lewis Hamilton's rookie season and his first year at McLaren. Yep. And who happened to be his teammate? Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Um, and that was Fernando's first season. He left and then came back to McLaren. In like yes. Yeah. 2014. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I think I think Kimi is still Ferrari's most recent champion yes which is crazy to think about fact yes yeah and kimmy was initially before that was racing with uh mclaren mercedes at the time Mm -hmm. um and that was basically alonzo took kimmy's seat or was it Uh, maybe i I don't remember exactly but but the point i was going to make is when when kimmy was with mercedes mclaren early on um they were for sure the fastest car but they were the most unreliable car and he arguably could slash should have won a championship. I think it's the year that one of the years that Alonzo won in Renault because the Renault was not quite as fast. They still won a few races, but they didn't have the reliability issues that Mercedes did. So long story short, a lot of people consider Kimi and Alonzo to be, I guess, very similar as far as, uh, quality skill level whatever like they have a a fairly similar career yes well the interesting thing about them is that they are two of the um first of all they started around the same time but the what the really thing that makes them both special is that they didn't just emphasize on formula one they have found and been able to dominate other um motorsports you know um we've seen fernando like when fernando retired in um 2019 uh, 2018 excuse me yep. um he went he didn't just sit down at home he then went to lamar he raced yep. lamar and daytona, daytona. and daytona, daytona. Yeah. yeah he's he's been you he's know for several person. years and alonzo has been trying to go ahead and win the triple crown because mm-hmm. he has a lamar victory he's won at monaco and for several years he was trying to win the indy 500 didn't um, actually did qualify. Um, no, did for those not you, qualify. Oh, did you. not. You're right. Yeah. I, I apologize. I misspoke. Um, for those of you who know, he famously did not race for McLaren. I think it would have been 2016 or 2017 and Monaco because he wanted to try and go for the Indy 500. So McLaren brought in Jensen to go ahead and take his place for Monaco that year. Yep. Um, and then there's a little message. There's a video on it online if you want to look it up. But um uh, they're very good friends, Alonzo and Jensen, obviously. And I think Alonzo was like, Hey, um, keep my seat warm for me and try not to wreck the car. Yeah. And they had, Jensen, they had Alonzo call Jensen. Yeah. Like, cause Monaco was taking place way like uh, several hours before in the Indianapolis 500, obviously. I think it was like, yeah. 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 It's like six hours before. Anyway. Yeah. yeah like six hours before. Uh, but it was a very, it's a very funny interaction between those two. They're great friends. And, uh, two of the, so, like, Jensen Bunn is another one of those greats. Yeah, so he says to Jensen something like, hey, keep my seat warm for me or something like that. And Jensen says, yeah, I just pissed in your seat for you. <laughs> That's true. Yes, he did. I couldn't remember. I was like, did he say he yes. parted or pissed in the seat? I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, it's very funny. Anyway, me... I, I that was – we got sidetracked. We had to get back on top of it. But you had said yeah. – what was the statistic? I don't think you ever here's said a t- Yes, the statistics are here. So um, Kimi Raikkonen is a one-time world champion in Formula 1. He won it in 07. Alonso has a, is a back-to-back champion. He won 05 and 06 when he was racing for for – Renault. Renault. Um, Here's the podiums. The podiums are close. Kimi's got 103 podiums in his career. Fernando's got um, 98. Um, Kimi's got 18 poles 
but Alonso's got 22. Mm. Kimmy's got 46 fastest laps in his career. Alonso's got 23. But Kimmy's got 1,873 career points, while Alonso's got 2,039. Yeah. And here's the greatest statistic of all, which Fernando Alonso is going to eventually surpass him in Singapore in three weeks' time, which, by the way, we had back-to-back-to-back to back to back, um, with F1, and now we have a three-week break before we hit Singapore. It's really annoying. Um, but Kimmy um, set the most amount of Grand Prix started in Abu Dhabi last year, um, and Alonso just started his 349th Grand Prix in Monza this past weekend. So they are tied. So when they get to Singapore, Fernando will be breaking that record, uh, yep. which is pretty amazing. Yep. So this uh, or that, basically, who you want to pick? Who are you picking? Uh, Kimmy. It's, it, honestly, even if Alonso is better, I just don't like Alonso and I like Kimmy. So <laughs> Kimmy. Plus, plus Kimmy is my wife's favorite driver. So I, I got it. It's true. That's true. She is a huge Kimmy fan. Um that's a tough one for me, dude. Listen, I'm just going to be honest. I love Kimi Raikkonen. You know how much I love for Kimi Raikkonen, but I'd have to be dumb to not go with Fernando Alonso. Well, like, it was nice I'm, knowing Jorge. Hey, well, I know. Well, here's the end of Tormenting Tarmac. We made it a full year, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the, one, the one saving grace that Alonso has for me, and I hate to be a homer, here is that he raced the 24 hours of Daytona with Jordan Taylor in a Cadillac in one. That's and that's the thing. And that's and the it, thing about Kim. Uh, that's the thing about Alonzo for me. Yep. Is the fact that every did I say Kimmy? He, Sorry, that was Alonzo that did. No, no, that. I, I, I said I said Kimmy. I messed okay. that up. I'm trying to defend Alonzo, and here I am mentioning Kimmy like an idiot. <laughs> but the crazy th- here's the the special thing about Fernando Alonso is that he's been special in every different type of car that he has set his ass into yeah oh yeah he's good you know what i mean like every single time i don't know how he does it right now alpine right who is is better than a lot of the other teams on the grid and they're chasing after mercedes but they're not quite there but here's alonzo Putting it in P2 in Canada when he had no right to put yeah. it in P2 in Kimmy Canada. Kimmy arguably is one of the best drivers ever at driving mediocre cars higher than they should be, right? And Alonzo is too. Sorry, I meant – God dang it. Alonzo is the – Okay, I got – I would okay, actually okay. argue Kimmy isn't necessarily that. No, I would say Alonzo yeah. – I, I would say if, if you put them both in the best car, I think Kimmy wins. But if you put them in mediocre cars, Alonzo wins. It's funny I don't know why that. that is. It doesn't make any sense to me. But No, but it makes sense to me because here's the thing, and, I, and I've talked about it a little bit off record, and I guess I'll bring it on record right now. I was one of the people, and I'm sure that there was a lot of people out there too. I thought Kimi Raikkonen was going to do a lot more better for Alfa Romeo in those last two seasons he was there than he mm-hmm. ended up actually doing. Now, to be fair, that Alfa sucked. Yes. It, it, I, it was way slower than we actually thought it was going to be. Yeah. But I think I think some of that comes down to Kimmy's don't give a shit factor. He shows up. Alonzo still does. If the car is good. He's gonna win. And if the car is not, it's not gonna win. Yeah. How's the car was shit today? I didn't. Car did not go fast. Right. right. That's Kimmy. Versus, I think Alonzo has now? a little bit more of a uh, whip the team into shape kind of deal. Right. The competitive nature is still very much in him in that regard. That's not to say that Kimmy's not competitive when he's on behind the yeah, wheel. Or maybe he's it means Alonzo is better at developing cars. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, McLaren and Honda would have told you different, but yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I can say, listen, I say this loving Alonzo, but at the same time, I'm a Lewis fan. And Alonzo does tend to rub me the wrong way, even though I'm a fan of his at times, yeah. which is ridiculous. But, you know, I'm, and you mentioned the development of the car. Yeah, I think Alpine is as good right now because of Alonzo and not because of oh, Ocon. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Right? No and doubt. Not, yep, without a doubt. And by the way, he has found success in the Dakar rally. Like if I'm, I think he's placed really high in the Dakar rally. You mentioned the fact that he won Daytona. I mentioned Lamar and he won with Toyota. Um, and he's, you know, he, I, I would love to try and see him go for the Indy 500 one more time. I would love to see it. Um, we'll see if he actually tries. Um, I don't know who's going to give him a seat because you, we just talked about how stacked uh, the indie field is right now. So it, it'll be really hard, but who knows? Maybe he can go ahead and get in there um, and snag a seat for the Indy 500 yeah. from someone who is a yeah. fan of his and be like, I'd love for you to try and drive my car and try and, you know, put it somewhere where you can try and get a victory. Like that would be dope. But I think that from an overall career perspective and as good as we have seen him be in other cars, I think that for me, the vote goes to Alonzo still. Yeah. Yeah. But both of them are goats, dude. They're, they are. They are legends of the sport. Legends of the sport. And when I think of the greatest Formula One drivers of all time, like when I think of my top 10, Alonzo's always in it. And he's like deep into like the sevens or sixes. Yeah. Like that's how good that dude is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. He's not better than Lewis, but that's more here nor there. (laughs) Sorry, Alonzo. Oh, moving on. (laughs) That was a good this or that. That was, that was, yeah. yeah. No, you had to think about that for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, moving on. Uh, uh, I don't have a good segue unless you have a better way to segue it. Um, you want to do, what do you want to do next? You four or Gingerman? Mm. We'll, we'll keep it motorsports, I guess. We'll, we'll, we'll do keep it motorsports. Let's talk Gingerman first, and that way we can hear the great news about where the C4 is at right now. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. What, where, where'd you take us to? Living vicariously through Ron. That's the name of this segment right here. Lower Peninsula oh, Stig, everybody. Uh, um, yeah, so, so we did, uh, our most recent champ car endurance series race in the team. What now our motorsports mini Cooper, um, was at Gingerman, um, which is a track on the West side, West coast, as we say of Michigan, um, fairly it's, it's kind of one of the nicer club level tracks. It's maybe arguably one of the nicest club level tracks. I don't know, you know, any track that's much nicer, like pro start going there right um and so it's it's a fairly easy track it's a fairly safe track as far as like it's got a lot of runoff and things like that um does that make it at all any less boring than some of the other tracks that you go to Ronald? uh you mean any more boring yeah. or what do you mean yeah like, um, like does it make it more boring than some of the other tracks that you experience also we were at ohio the other day right? awesome is that a better way to say it <laughs> it's not boring <laughs> slightly less insanely awesome sure um, yeah Sorry. Was, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. the one racing. Here I am. Like, it's because I've heard so many of your stories now that I feel like I'm a racer. That's clearly what Fair it enough. is. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like tracks like, uh, well, obviously, Road Atlanta is absolutely insane. The last oh, turn it's, it's, there yeah. is like, it's you my know, favorite. It's my favorite track in, in, in Forza. 
yeah, your guts in your throat when you come down turn what is it turn it's eleven good, in, in Road Atlanta because you're coming down that giant freaking hill at 100 miles an hour, turning right, and there's a wall five feet to yeah. your left, right? I don't think I've ever um, heard anybody say my gut is in my throat, but that's but a good you know one. exactly what I mean. I know I that's a very good reference. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, Nelson Legend doesn't, or sorry, not, uh, Gingerman doesn't quite have that factor. It's still pretty cool, no doubt. It's it's a uh, in some ways it can be a little technical. Mm-hmm. depending on the type of car you're in. Um, so it has a series of left-handers. It's like a triple apex or double apex, depending how you take it left-hander. That's like a sort of decreasing radius, but it's like a left and a very short straight and left, but you never actually unwind the wheel all the way, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, in certain cars like the mini, if you freaking nail that, mm-hmm. man, you, it gains a ton of time. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, we know, and I've discussed it before, the Mini is not necessarily a car that's going to just win outright on pace. It's a little low on power, uh, but that's all right. You know, it's like 300-something points, and Champ Car, you can build cars up to 500 points, which, quick aside, next year, Champ Car is adding a 300-point class, and I think we're going to modify or slightly unmodify this Mini to race in the 300-point class. So does that mean that you bump yourself up or are you bumping yourself down? Bump yourself down slightly. Okay, but it's a it's a long story. I think we have figured out something we can do to actually make the car not really any slower. Um, True, but at least that means that you're basically kind of be the team to beat in a way. Which I pretty damn sure if we can do that, we're going to win the three hundred point class. I really think so. Hey, you heard it here first on Tormenting so, Tarmac. Yeah, what remains to be seen is how many <laughs> other teams are going to try and do that too. I hope sure, I got you. Um, anyway, makes it super so, competitive in a good way. So we know we're not necessarily going to win outright on on pace, but the car is very reliable and it can go a full two hour stints on fuel, mm-hmm. um, which means one less stop in an eight hour race, which that can make a difference. Huge difference. Yes. So Saturday morning, it is raining uh, and Dylan gets in the car to start the race um, and it is raining. And I don't remember where he started. I think we started like 12th or 13th. And by like the second lap, he was in third or second place. And then by the third lap, him and another car are basically swapping places for first and second. Okay. Um, and they're so, like, so people can know New Garden got his motivation from Dylan, not Dylan getting his motivation from New Garden. Sure. Facts. facts. Yes. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Shout out to Dylan. Undisputable. Man. Yes. Um, and, and so point being, the rain gives the Mini a huge advantage mm-hmm. because the Mini has a massive handling advantage and, and has a massive power disadvantage. But yes. when the track is very wet, you can't put the power down out of corners. And the way the Mini makes its handling, which is a lot of mechanical grip, um, it's it doesn't have to slow down as much in the corners relative to its dry pace as the other cars do. Right. Plus, Dylan is just phenomenal in the rain anyway. Um, so the forecast at that point showed it was going to rain almost the entire day. And so we were getting real excited, like, hell yeah. Like we might actually stand a chance at winning this thing. Like, holy shit. Um, and if I remember it, it stayed mostly raining through his stint. And then I get in after him and the forecast changes because it's Michigan and, and, um, like almost right away it stopped. Like I was basically, I got into the rain had stopped in a drying track and I was still doing really well. Um, until maybe 
45 minutes into the stint where the track was dry enough and then people could start putting the power down and then it was over. Mm -hmm. So like, like when I got in, the track was still wet, the car was still sliding around and I could totally just like place the car where I wanted it. I was like sliding into corners. Uh, that makes sound a little extreme, but you're on the brakes and you kind of turn in and the car is just sliding a little bit. And I could like, like a car would be 20 car lengths in front of me at the start or at the end of a straight. And by the time we were at corner exit, like, you know, just past the apex, I would have made up right that on. entire gap. Cause I was just like sliding into the corner. And at that point I have a huge exit speed advantage, even though I don't have power because I didn't have to slow down as much. And I would just like drive right by him in the mm -hmm. wet. Um, and then like, it was just awesome. We were just picking people off, man. And then like, as the track started drying like that pretty quickly, just went away. Um, but either way, I wasn't sure if it was going to rain later in the day. So that was like the hardest that I have driven for two hours. It reminded me of back when I, my karting days where we do like, you know, half hour, hour long sprint races. And you were just driving 11 tenths as hard as you possibly freaking can taking on maybe a little more risk than you should. Um, just like absolute balls to the wall. I driving so insanely hard. Um, and like, you're just wiped at the end of it. This, mm -hmm. this was like reminding me of driving like that because I got out of the car after two hours and normally I'm not too winded. That wasn't so much physically winded, but mentally I was like, holy crap. Like, cause I had a lot that you have to think about and try and process. Oh yeah. It was two hours of initially wet, like me driving so freaking hard because it's so much, you're so much more motivated when you've got that extra little skin in the game. Like, oh damn, we might win. Right. And I don't remember what, what place I was in when we got out, we didn't drop too many positions um but maybe fifth or something like that. i don't remember mm -hmm. um but then after that it ended up not raining the rest of the day and our advantage went away so we ended up finishing sixth um which still was pretty good honestly um considering the circumstances i would say it's pretty damn yeah it was still pretty good um and then the next yeah the next day i think was pretty much dry the whole day and we finished seventh um so and what did you start the following day? What, what, what position did you start in for you? It was similar. So the way champ card does starts is they don't have qualifying and um, everybody gets randomly assigned a pit box number. Mm -hmm. um, and then they will just pick um, a random pit box. We'll say, I don't know, number 10. And that day on Saturday, 10th place starts in first and then 11th place is in second or 10th pit box. And then 11th pit box is second, 12th pit box is third. So when it's four fourth until they get all the way to the end of pit lane, and then they go back to the front and go all the way to ninth. Right. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And then kind Sunday, of. they, they just reverse grid. So okay. if you, if you started first, if you were 10th pit box, if you started first on Saturday, you start last on Sunday. And okay. the way, the way the draw played out at gender green is we were like right in the middle. So, we started in the middle of the pack on Saturday and in the middle of the pack on Sunday. That's glorious. Actually, if you ask me, yeah, it's a yeah. perfect position. Yeah. Uh, especially for, if you have a fast car. Endurance races, it kind of doesn't matter as much because for the most part, the pace of the cars will set themselves out. That's, um, true. that's not entirely that simple, but yeah. Hmm. So anyway, so, but I mean, the car was, was, I'll say nearly flawless. Um, it did it really well. It was the well. best race you guys had had mechanically all season long. I think I would say. Yeah, I would say so. We finally started having an issue kind of halfway through Sunday, the last day where the car was not wanting to stay in third gear. We would have to physically hold the gear shifter in the third gear position, mm -hmm. um, which wasn't the end of the world. Um, it's annoying, but like, yeah, the car wasn't necessarily slower because of it. It's just, it was an inconvenience. Um, and so John, 
uh, uh, crew chief's team owner, whatever you want to call it. Um, he already took Dylan's the gearbox dad, right? apart. Yeah, Dylan's dad. He already took the gearbox apart, and we'd seen the sinker. It was pretty worn out, so it was just due for a rebuild. So, yeah, that was gingerman. I mean, it's – I don't know, man. On Under normal circumstances, I'd be pretty happy with six, but because we had a taste of the lead and if the weather would have played out how we wanted, because we had a taste of of winning – it makes that sixth harder, man. It's just killing yeah, me. Oh, the other thing I forgot too is um, we were the only like car towards the front that was able to go two hours on fuel, if I remember right. So really? Like eight hour race. And if you can make it two hours on fuel, then you pit at the two hour, the four hour, and the six hour marks. So that's three stops. And a fueling pit stop in Champ Car is a five minute mandatory pit stop and they do that for safety reasons because it's club racing to stop people from rushing and making mistakes and that's dangerous right whether you're fueling too quickly or you change tires and you don't torque them down correctly or you're just throwing someone in the car without getting Leave the torque guns in the middle of the freaking road like what happened when did that happen um was that at spa that that happened that Checo ran over ferrari's torque i don't gun remember but that down right. signs yeah, yeah exactly crap like that yeah. yep so it's a mandatory five minute pit stop to force mm. everybody to just get it done correctly right. so if you can pit less that is an advantage so the people who couldn't make it to two hours have to pit a fourth stop and so even even if our car is a little slower mm-hmm. right if if let, let's say over the course of the race, we fall two or three laps back. But if they have to pit one more time, that's five minutes. That's like two or three laps. And so you get that right back, right? And so we were at the point where even though it dried the last half of the day, we didn't lose any time the first half of the day such that we were less than that, like two or three laps back or something like that. And so we were going to be on our three-stop strategy and everybody else was going to have to do their four strap stop strategy um except one storm cell which we were hoping was going to hit the track because we wanted the rain uh ended up doing exactly the opposite of what we wanted and not only did it not rain at the track the storm cell missed the track by like five miles holy crap lightning strike and just like any other sports if there's lightning within, I don't know, 15 miles or something yeah, like that, anything. then they have to stop every all activity for half an hour. Yeah. And what that meant is the race got red flagged for half an hour and all those teams who were going to have to do an extra stop now didn't have to do it. And man, uh, yes, because I think rough. at that point we were, I think, I think at that point we had figured out we were going to be on the lead lap and probably second but you never know right especially if it had rained oh man talking about it now it just pisses me off because we were so freaking close it it just if people could if people could see your face right now if people could see how angry what what sucks is is john does such a good job putting the car together right pretty well-oiled machine our team especially for being you know such a low budget mom and pop you and dylan are what we would call um paid assassins that's the best way to put it dude and that's a compliment mind you yeah i guess yeah and so it's just like duh, like i wanted to see everybody's effort pay off and it was yeah. it's kind of underdog like it would have been just so cool to win but whatever it is what it is we finished you're getting it. close brother you're getting close it's, it's gonna happen one of these days i just feel like you it's, got to. it's just frustrating because like that was nearly it but. i know i i i think that that car is much better we, we all know the capabilities of that mini 
um, especially in, in in John's hands uh, from a from a mechanical standpoint of him. Yeah. He's got that car sorted like nobody's business. Yeah. yeah. Right. And we all know that. I mean, from if anybody has listened to that episode, um, I think fast as F dot 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 family (laughs) that was ron's idea by the way very good very very funny um we all know how fast dylan actually is and you know people may if you don't believe me it's on you but uh ron's faster uh, on any given day and like ron's faster and then dylan's faster and then ron's faster and then dylan's faster yes so my point is that ron's on dylan's on on par with you and i are very similar in pace exactly so fun we we this past race we made each other better which was awesome that's that's great we to hear. looking that's at exactly data how you know where's dylan faster where's i'm faster yada 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 yeah. and like it's splicing hairs but it worked so um so i i know that that race victory for you guys is coming i can't wait i'm gonna post the so, shit man. out of it on tt i'll tell you that right now I it's gonna it's, so. <laughs> it's gonna be better than when than when max beat lewis last year it's gonna yeah, be that much so. bigger and the only reason why it was bigger last year, even though I'm a Lewis fan, was because it was like an extraordinary season. But just wait, just wait for the celebrations that will occur. On I'm, I, I will do interviews with people of like, explain to me what this means to you and your team. How do you feel like this has changed your life? I'm gonna interview Rochelle. I'm not even gonna have you on the pod. I'll be like, Ron, you're not on the pod tonight. <laughs> like Rochelle, what does it feel like to be married? to an amateur race winner and she's gonna be like it's it's been life-changing it's been extraordinary <laughs> um i'll tell you what dude i'll tell you this right now if, when the day you win you're buying yourself a nice watch i don't i know that we that you get zero money from this but just get yourself a nice watch well, okay. If you win, if you win the twenty four hours of Tony, you get a Rolex. Okay, a Rolex That's Daytona, pro that's level right. big money racing, champ car club level little money racing. So I will buy whatever the uh, equivalent uh, metaphor of a Rolex would be for you club level little little racing. What the, I don't know what it, I don't know what that means, but something hilarious that you <laughs> <laughs> you can get yourself a Casio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, get yourself I, a G-Shock. There you oh go. Oh man, I can't remember what it was. Actually, I think a few years ago they did something like that. And then if you if the if you won one of the Champ Car 24 hour races, they were giving out like Timexes or something similar. Oh, silly. really? Yeah. What awesome. people don't realize is that Timexes are actually shit. They're awesome. They're, I have one. They're, it's a nice watch, I know you actually. do. They're, yeah. they're they're great watches. Like yeah. for the price, it's insane. Like I think it you is. can get yourself a really great Timex for like 120 bucks yeah. and it's killer. Yeah. yeah. Mine, mine I bought for 30 bucks. It was very cheap. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, uh, by the way, speaking of which, can I just bring this up really quickly? Can I formally congratulate you on the pod on getting your grandpa's Hamilton fix? Cause that thing looks fire. Yeah. yeah it is so, so dope. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I got to figure out more. It's gold. I tried. I, I, I know. I, I tried looking it up. But... I, I tried looking it up because I, I, I read everything that you told me and I tried and I, there were so many different gold Hamiltons that pop that were popping up, and the money was just wavering back and forth between being worth like 150, and then another one was worth like a grand, but it was a different design of your Hamilton. It was just like all over the place. I was like, that's so interesting. And I couldn't pinpoint your exact design, but um, I haven't posted it on TT. Uh, just because, well, I didn't want to go ahead and blow up your spot and like show off your, your watch. I mean, but give us a little bit of a background behind it. It's your grandfather's old watch, right? 
Yes, my maternal grandpa, so my mom's dad, uh, it was his, his retirement gift. He worked all of his whole life, a, a good portion of his adult life for a grocery store chain called Farmer Jack that's not around anymore. So this is, is that back in, in the day. Yes. Okay, yeah, cool. I don't know if it's only Michigan, but this is back in the day when, you know, you could have a high school degree and go work at a grocery store. He was, I think, a manager or something like that. If I remember right, he worked a night shift for a long time to make more money. But anyway, this was back when, like, it was a legitimate and respected career to go, you know, be a grocer, right? Absolutely. <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what the be a supervisor at a grocery chain. Yeah, it's a big yeah. deal. Um, and he worked his whole life there, and and I don't know, I'm assuming he had a pension or something. And so when he retired, they got him this watch. Um, and so I have since inherited it, and it's cool. Uh, it's gold. Yes. It's it's a Hamilton. It's quite the face is quite small. Um, it is. You have to have a relatively smaller wrist, which runs, yes, which I have. So it works yeah. out well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know that the watch is anything super special, like from a true material or value, or whatever standpoint. But it's got sentimental. It's value. one of the few times that, that doesn't it. exactly. It's one of the few times that that doesn't matter. Exactly. And almost yep. actually, you know what? Let me take that back. I say one of the few times. If you have some type of emotional investment in something, regardless of whether or not you believe it's worth a lot, it doesn't matter because it's worth a lot to you. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. My, my wedding band is like, I don't know, maybe 200 bucks. Yeah. Same. Yep. This, this, you know, this sucker means a lot to me. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. And I do my best not to lose it. And I'm highly invested in it emotionally. So it's the same thing with your pop, with your grandpa's watch, you know, whether or not it is worth like a hundred, couple hundred dollars. It's not like you're going to be selling it anytime soon. That's staying in your collection for quite a while. You might pass it on to, to R4 or um, to, to, to baby RPM. Right. Um, yep. so, it's just badass to have in your family. Exactly. Yeah. So speaking of things that you are emotionally invested in that have no value, my C4. <laughs> A good, yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, allow me to go ahead and just say the man has come out of his flower. He has officially become a podcaster because, ladies and gentlemen, that was one hell of a segue. <laughs> well done, Mr. Morris. Not bad at all, sir. I'll admit, Your mom's gonna, gonna be listening to us and she's gonna, she's gonna be like, Oh my god, my baby is in radio. Yeah, shout out to Mrs. <laughs> oh, Morris, <God>. man. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good, that was a good one, Ronnie. I'm gonna give you a round of applause right now, brother. That was well done. Anyway, Carry on. That C4 was I think, our, our last topic. Um, oh wait, hold on. We're gonna have to edit this out. Got to plug my laptop in. Okay, gonna die. All right. Um. Anyway, so I think that was kind of the last thing I want to touch on the C4. So that is now running. It is on the road. It drives on its own power. Registered um, in the great state of Michigan, from what I understand. Registered in the great Mitten state. Yes, I. they have a new blue plate with yellow text that I like. Dark blue with yellow. And so I, I his, that's what I got. His, his vanity plate. I'm not going to mention it unless he says so. It is I, I think it's fine to mention it on, on here. I didn't want to post pictures of it on the internet, and I'm probably way too Obviously. But so It's yeah, totally it, understandable. Yeah. Uh, life's no fun if you can't make fun of yourself. And True. so uh, the, the vanity plate is jorts. <laughs> it was great. I love it. I love it so much. Just got to oh, lean into the. You really do. Corvette meme. 
culture the there. <laughs> early nineties Corvettes, late eighties Corvettes, but yeah. you know, yeah, I thought it, about, it, I looked at trying to make like new balance or something fit too, but I, it wasn't going to sure didn't look well it, what so. you need to do is and i'm sure that they've already come across like at some point up in the big Det- in the detroit metro area but the next time that radwood shows up in yes, detroit you would like need to, to go yes. ahead and take the c4 definitely and- when that car is done i am going to take it to radwood um for oh, sure. they had they either just had or just about to have a big showdown in ohio okay um, and and of course the poster for it is a c4 on the cover um, of course but, what else would yeah. it be so when i'm done building it as a champ car hopefully one day i for sure brad would be a good place because i'm gonna do like a retro kind of late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. livery for it it's incredible so, oh yeah the, we we've talked about the liveries guys and uh we're not gonna go ahead and blow up the spot because that's 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 gonna be extra special yeah but uh ron and i i've given ron some ideas but ron i think knows where he's going and it's gonna be it's going to be dope. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be hella dope. Yeah. So anyway, I got it running, got an alignment and everything on it. All suspension's done. I need to adjust the ride height. It's sitting really, it looks kind of like a monster truck. So I got to deal really? with that. Really? Okay. Because I put stiffer springs in it, right? So a stiffer spring, you have to push down. If you're pushing down on it the same amount, it's not going to compress as much, right? Right. And I, I just left all of the height where it was for the springs that came out of the car just to start from somewhere. Right. So anyway, um, and it's gutted. So it's loud as hell and everything in the car, but it is still ridiculously fun to drive. It's funny when I, I still remember to this day when I bought my 9064 I had in high school, the very first time I drove it, I remember thinking like, man, the power steering in this kind of sucks. Like it just doesn't feel it's kind of mushy. Um, and, but otherwise the car is freaking awesome. Right. And then I kind of forgot about it. I got used to it. And then I mm-hmm. drove this C4. I finally got it started and drove it. And I was like, Oh, I forgot how shitty this power steering is. <laughs> well, also you have to remember your, your sway bars, as well as basically the whole steering components that you have for the stingray are flat out performance set up. Whereas the C4 that you have right now is, com- I mean, Littles makes no difference almost stock until you finally go in there and you start to make it the champ card build that you're going to be doing yeah. in the, in yeah. the next well, year or so. so. Yeah, exactly. The springs and bars and all that are the stiffest stuff you can get from the factory. But mm-hmm. that's that's what I will have for champ car. But there's so does that mean that they were the Z, the old ZR1, the, the, the ones that you could buy for that would come for a C4 ZR1? Or is so that actually just... what they are is it's the Z51 with the Z07 package, um, which is slightly different, but similar to today. You can get a Z06 with the Z07 package, right? And so that right. comes with the most aggressive stuff. But specific to what it was back then, which is kind of cool, is when the C4 first came out, the handling was so good on it that the SCCA kicked it out of its class. People like to say, oh, it was banned from racing. Like, I mean, that's just clickbait. But regardless, right. it, they kicked it out of its class. In the class. same way, the Z32 was banned from racing because of twin turbos, right? Yep, yeah. yep. Um, and so what they did instead, because it was such a popular car was they made its own standalone series in the SCCA called the Corvette challenge series from right mm-hmm. in the late eighties. Uh, and so it was supposed to be like showroom stock type stuff. So you could buy a Corvette with, and if you ticked the right options, um, in the late eighties, you could buy a Corvette and it would come with all of the correct suspension for this series. Um, if that makes sense. So that is the Z51 with the Z07 package. Um, it still is streetable, but it's definitely stiff. Right. So it's not it like, sounds it's, more it's aggressive. Not race car, but it's, it's yeah. stiff. 
It sounds more aggressive than the C5 and C6 Z51 package. Yes, it is. Right? How interesting is that, that they made it more, you would have thought that they would have made it more aggressive in because 97. I think, I think the C5. the C5 stuff, they still were making sure it was going to be streetable, like people are going to drive it on the street, versus this was specifically meant for the Corvette Challenge Series. So they were assuming you're going to buy this and turn it into a race car. Man, I said we said this before, and I'll say it again right now. The the 60s, 70s, and 80s were, even though we didn't get super great cars in the 70s, mind you, but from a whatever you could get from the factory, and then how easily you could get into racing back then, that was the time to be alive. Yeah, yeah, right. Because I mean, we 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 all know back in the 60s, and you know, you had your Yankos. And you could go ahead and tick off every box and you could go ahead and buy it directly from a Yanko dealership yep. and a Baldwin motion dealership. And yep. then the options that you could go ahead and tick off for a Mustang back in 68 yep. and 69 was nuts to me, dude. Yes. Yep. Like you can legitimately get race car parts yes. on your streetable car. Yes. Yep. Like at, from factory, like yep. that's mind blowing. I wish we still had that, but I do too. I do too, because then our cars wouldn't be worth $950,000 for friggin' yep. uh, whatever it is. You know, it's, it's crazy, but that, that is super cool. And I'm really happy that you got that car registered and you, you daily yeah. drove it to work the other day. You told me. Yeah. Yeah. I've driven it, driven it to work two or three times. I think, I don't know. I've driven it quite a bit, drive it every weekend for sure. Yeah. All right. Now, you know, cause of my job, I'm driving a lot of manufacturer plate cars so i haven't been driving the corvette to work much but um yeah yeah took uh my three-year-old son for a ride in it i got a car seat in it and everything it's all safe but yeah um so ron's apparently not a fan of twice he thought it was fun yeah so yeah it's been i know that you told me the is uh the cobra seats is what's what are in there right cobra yeah so i got those actually shout out to john whitenauer he I guess I had extra seats and I had mentioned in passing once that like I was looking for seats and it's like, well, I have these. Do you want these? So nice. heck yeah, man. That's great, so, man. And they're good. Yeah. They're comfortable. Do you like them? They're, they're, yeah, they're solid for yeah. Cool, yeah. I got to put some lumbar support in them, but otherwise they're pretty good. Oh, so they're like really re- relatively thin. Yeah. Just like the bottom, like kind of where your butt goes to the back yeah. transition is just like a perfectly right angle for whatever reason. I got gotcha. you. As far as I can tell, the human body isn't shaped like that. I don't know why Cobra seats do that, but just a little like uh, lumbar pad is all. Is mm-hmm. all, is all for, for for you and you're a skinny guy, and I mean this as a compliment for you to be having to go ahead and talk about that, then you know that it must be really rigid. Yeah, right. That's that's pretty intense, but yeah, lumbar support. We'll go ahead and fix that right up. But uh, congratulations, man! I'm so happy for you. I'm so stoked. Thanks. I saw yeah. when you sent me the pictures. I was I was I was probably more. I was just as amped up as you. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. I want to do a couple more little things real quick. Like I want to take. It's mostly gutted, but I want to take the dash and the interior panel door panels off, um, and a couple little odds and ends. But otherwise, I'm not really going to touch it um for a little while so i'll take some pictures of it then and post it up as like c4 spec 1.0 um because then the frame for my c3 they're working on that right now and i should get that back soon so then i'm going to start working on that car as well that is excellent news and then i'm gonna like have my hands full trying to work on two cars at once and still finish my bull barn and my life's nuts but anyway so and i guess does that mean that the sonic is up for sale uh yes hopefully the sonic is sold actually Oh, uh, I sold it to one of those like 
Carvana type websites. It's called driveway.com. I don't want to oh, like nice. advertise for them, I guess, but wait, hey, if, you want, if they want to pay us, if they want to pay us, yeah, holler at your boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just saying, um, holler at your boys should say. So anyway, so, um, pending some paperwork, hopefully that thing's sold. That's going to be bittersweet, man. I really liked that car. It was a fun car, but you had it for a minute too. Time. How long have you had it for? Yeah, like I bought years? that in 2015. So I've had it for seven years, seven years. And, and, Oh, that's right. You bought that car when you moved over from uh Fiat over to GM, if I'm not mistaken. That's right? exactly right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yep. Cause you bought, yeah, the, cause... you bought the Sonic and then like what a few months later, you went on that road trip over to New York to go ahead and pick up the Stingray, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's about a year later, but yes, that's, yeah, okay. that's right. Nice. Yep. That's super cool, man. Yep. That is bittersweet. Shout out to the Sonic, man. It's a, I, I've seen it multiple times on social media. All it over served the, me well. It did. It did serve you well. Um, did any of the boys come home from the hospital in that car? No, they came home in my wife's uh, Buick oh, okay. X wagon. Nice. Which is, that's a badass. Now that wagon. car, I do not want to get rid of. We'll see. No, no, please don't. That it's a very cool. That's a very cool. Once, once someday, Rochelle has some other replacement DD. That car is prime for LS rear wheel drive swap. Badass. <laughs> That's what that car is going to be. Actually, you know what? You should go LT swap, like new LT swap. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's going to be nuts. What is somebody? If anybody has a wrecked um, six gen Camaro SS. Just if you need somebody to go ahead and sell that engine to, sell it to this man right over here. Yeah. <laughs> just sell it to me for free. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's good. It's been good fun. It's been good fun. By the way, I'm going to ask you this right now on the record. Um, Daniel Ricardo, what's going to happen? Uh, for those of you who don't know, obviously, lost hard. I think officially. I think he has, and I I say this as a Daniel Ricardo fan, and I really like him. I think he has, what do I say? What's the word here? Out, out egoed himself, whatever, outvalued. I don't know. What, out whatevered himself of any ride. Because I think he doesn't want to go to a Haas or an Aston Martin or something crappy like that, which is understandable. But I think none of the top teams are going to come knocking. And so I think he's not going to have a ride next year. I think remains to be seen is it uh, really what I think will end up happening is he maybe will end up getting like a reserve driver role. What remains to be seen is if he does pick up a better IV after that. Yeah. I mean, Oh my God, if he were a reserve driver of a Mercedes and you have him and Lewis in the car and George in the car. And then whenever like, if, you know, God, willing, awesome, huh? you know, God forbid that Lewis and, and George were to go ahead and get sick or anything like that. But Danny Rick and a Merc, like I'm not, I know I, yes. we obviously know that yes. that Merc is not as fast as it was last year and the last like, but still, it'd be awesome. But I still, agree. like he's in a sem, like way more competitive car than that McLaren yep. is. I'll yep. tell you that right now. Yep. Selfishly, um, I hope he comes to IndyCar or NASCAR. Oh, he. I think NASCAR. he'd be. I think he would be really good in IndyCar specifically. His driving style and the way you drive those cars, and the way that. Uh, you can let your personality flourish a little bit more in IndyCar than you can in NASCAR. Or uh, I think it uh, would be, um, I think it would, I don't first know. of all, um, allow the IndyCar brand as a whole to go ahead and generate yeah. so much more popularity worldwide yes. because you have one of the most yes, exactly. recognizable faces in Formula One coming over to your sport. A and B, 
what you mentioned about your, his driving style. I mean, he's the dive bomb master. Yes. So, you know, that move that new garden did that's, that's, that's Danny Rick. That was Daniel Ricardo all over that. Right. So you put him in a semi-competitive car or an actual competitive car in in, in any car. I, I think it's probably a similar deal where he might have overvalued himself and now waited too long. And now a lot of the good IndyCar spots are gone. So I don't know, man. True, but IndyCar does have know. does allow for sponsorships. So who knows? Maybe if he were to go ahead and get picked up by a mid tier team, who knows the amount of sponsorship that yeah. would go ahead and come into it that would help a lot of develop. So you never know. Um, I don't. I really don't want to see him out of F one. I, but I want him to succeed, and I want him. To, I, I want to see him do cool crap. But it would be it would be really weird to not have Daniel Ricciardo in Formula One next year. Yeah, it would be. It would be, it's but. Uh, you know who who knows because Nick DeVries probably got that Williams seat locked up after his performance. I hope so. He freaking deserves it. He, he killed it. You know he he killed it, and uh, you know we'll see what happens with Baby Shumi. Baby Shumi's out of. He's going to be leaving Haas more than likely. So oh my god. So we got so much more that we have to cover that we're not able to cover tonight. So I I don't yep. even know why I'm mentioning it, but I just yep. want to get another episode your thoughts. Um, Got so many ep- more episodes coming along the pipeline there for you guys. Uh, next episode, um, Sam Soto here um, from Phoenix. Um, I know him um, through a, a very good friend of mine, and he's become a really good friend. He's going to be coming on the podcast, going to be talking about his car brokering business. That's going to be a lot of a lot of fun. And he's also a big track rat too, Ron. So I know you weren't able to, uh, to be on the episode, but you'll get a chance to go ahead and kind of hear what he's been able to do from uh, a track day um respective point of view if you will it's going to be a lot of fun Uh, we had a great time recording it and uh got a lot more stuff coming along the pipeline for october and november and uh in december we'll be you know wrapping up nascar in november right and then wrapping up formula one uh first couple weeks of december so we've got that to look forward to and plus a lot more stuff and then me and ron hanging out talking shit doing what we do best Right. Bingo, bongo, boingo. That's exactly you right. You know it, brother. You know it. And of course, more Stingray updates coming very, very soon now that that frame is almost done. And uh, yeah, it's been fun, man. Anything else we need to go ahead and say before we wrap it up? Uh, nope, I don't think so. Awesome. I think it well, uh, um, should be good. Excellent. Well, Ronnie, it's always a pleasure to see you, my friend. We need to go ahead and do this more often, as I always say. Um, go check out Ron uh, at hounds.and.horsepower if you're interested more in the C4 build now that, it's, now that it's running and registered and legalized in the great state of Michigan. Um, go ahead and also stay tuned because the Stingray is obviously coming back onto his Instagram account very, very soon. Um, oh, by the way, anybody who's interested, I'm like 56 minutes into uh, the newest Grand Tour special. It's awesome. Go check it out. I J- James May put it. Dear God, I'm not. I'm actually gonna not ruin it for you. You need to watch it. You need to watch it. I'm talking to you, Ronald. <laughs> when you have some time, when you're not busy with work, of course. Uh, but anyways, go check that out. You can find me at the one and only Jman19. And most importantly, please, for the love of God, go check out at Tormenting Tarmac on Instagram. And you can go ahead and stream our episodes on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, and a couple of other places. Um, if you're interested, again. Give us a holler over Instagram. If you want to hear, if you want to tell us what you want to hear us talk about, go ahead and shoot us a message over Instagram. It'll be our pleasure to go ahead and take a look at it as I almost choke on myself. I'm hyped up, but we got to go. So that's been Ronald Morris. Say bye to the people, Ronald Morris. Thanks for calling people. Cool. My name is Jorge Aquino. This is Tormenting Tarmac, baby. 
It's the podcast where the enthusiast never dies. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.